and having those tradespeople on the ground that know how to put stuff together and weld it up. That's really what we need to maintain. And so there's this huge challenge over the next 10 years of transferring that knowledge from the older generation, those baby boomers, to the, to the next one. Kia ora, I'm Troy, here as CEO and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today we're talking with Ben Jensen of Jensen Steel Fabricators and Jaden Melsop of Eastbridge. Both are active Hero Board members who are passionate about the future of our New Zealand metals industry and we're excited to have them in studio. Ben is a financial and project manager responsible for funding, risk management, forecasting and budgeting, and all facets of structural steel delivery, from detailing to material supply, fabrication, coatings, and site installation. Jaden is a contract manager and director whose passion is solving technical design and construction issues with the client to deliver the best value outcome for stakeholders. All right. So to kick things off, it's really it's a question for both of you, and uh, you know it's going to be a battle to see who goes first. But um, I guess we'll go to you, Ben. Tell me a little bit about I guess your current roles and your career pathway um, in getting there. And uh, you yeah. know, in other words, um, why engineering? Why the metals industry? Well, for myself, as I've sort of born into it, I guess I've been in it my whole life. Um, Jensen Steel Fabricators is a family business. Um, Mum and Dad started it oh, 30 plus years ago now, 34 years ago. Um, and I've sort of lived around the, around the dinner table every day of my life, really. And um, I sort of tried to get out of it um, after university, had plans of going overseas and doing all this cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up in the family business and... Um, I'm now project manager and financial manager at Jensen Steel, and I've got to say the journey to getting to here has been it's been quite cool. I started in the workshop um, and then moved my way into the office, and I, I've got to say I don't regret it at all, staying within the family business, and it's it's meant I've learned a lot of skills and a combination of skills that probably a lot of other people um wouldn't pick up, I guess, and and other roles. Yeah. Mum, mum or dad knew a thing. Pardon? Mum or dad knew a thing to try and keep you there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, Jaden, how about yourself? Yeah, did I? <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll probably yeah just get um, two versions of the same thing. But no, similar family-owned business. Um, I did go off and do my own thing after uni. Um, in, in the contracting game, so a lot of site work, um, a smidge of consulting, um, and that, that was really good. Um, so I was able to get chartered um, with with some of that experience, and then, yeah, after five or six years, um, got dragged back home to start getting involved, yeah, mm. as, um, as Dad and a um, couple of others want to start exiting. Nice. Nice. Um, so, Ben, I... 
from your perspective, and you know, it might be a little uncomfortable to acknowledge it, but you know, from your yeah. perspective as a young leader within the metals industry, mm. um, how well is the industry doing in, I guess, bringing those diverse voices to the decision making table? I mean, you know, be honest how <laughs> how how well is the industry doing at um having those voices heard? Um, I think it's definitely improving. Um, I guess even the likes of Jade and, and myself being asked on the Hera board um, in the last year's testament to that because it's definitely had its reputation, especially in our steel fabrication game. That's a bit of an old boys to the club and you've got you know, a handful of bigger fabricators um, in the industry. Um, but I think it's changing and I think it's probably it, – it's just it's a changing changing mindset as well because if we don't start listening to these new voices coming through, well, the industry will get left behind. So I think that's started to be recognised now. Um, so I think, and I think it should it should continue on that way. I don't see any reason for it to to go back. Nice. Yeah. And, and I mean, Jaden, do you have sort of any? Uh, lived or real examples of, I guess, in your world, how you're seeing those diverse voices kind of come to the table? Um, yeah, I suppose you can see it in, yeah, some of the the older workforce uh, can, can, can see there's a lot of younger people coming through and we really love to get some more girls in the workshop. And we've we've got a few, um, and it's about you know building that side of the workforce and um, nurturing them and making them feel welcome and fully part of the team. And they've just they just bring a different mindset um, to it. And you know, for a lot of those older guys, um, they've never seen a female in the workshop before, and um, it's it's interesting just to see um, how how they handle it differently. Um, and it's in interesting. There's a lot of a lot of them will embrace it, and they end up being quite protective about mm. these new ones coming in, and it's yeah. and it's awesome. Um, and and then I've really noticed as well, moving out of the workshop now and more into say the consulting realm, the client realm, um, the engineers that are coming out of university with a lot of international students that are now qualified and working. Um, there's a huge range of of different cultures that we're engaging with on every project, and each of those cultures has their own different style of communicating. Um, and so you, I have found you have to be a bit more open um, and tolerant of just how people work mm. in general. Um, and you'll get very frustrated very quickly if you if, uh, yeah, have expectations that everyone's going to work the same way, you know? Yeah, nice. I, I think it's a changing workforce in general, isn't it? I mean, we see it on the workshop floor. Um, your entire workforce is changing um, with cultures from all over the world, which is, it's cool because they're bringing different skills, um, different ideas, and that, you know, hopefully will mean a better product at the end of it. So, I mean, I guess to to kind of sum that point up, what are we doing well and, I mean, what could we work on more, do you think, in terms of the, the diverse voices piece? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we, I, I think, like, from a personal perspective and just our company at Eastbridge, we're 
it's a little bit ad hoc and we're just you know riding riding with it as as things happen it's mm. sort of organic change um it, it's it's happening around us and we're employing these different people and there's not really a structured approach to it um or, or a proactive um means and intent to go out and hire you know we don't have any set criteria that we want to hire this percentage of of people from this culture or female male splits etc um it's just something we know that's happening and um so, so that would possibly be for us something we we could do better i think is to set some targets around that um and then for us as well it's about um structured training plans um indu inductions those sorts of things and not just when that new person arrives and gets stuck in it's over a number of years because it really can take number of years to master a role in a company and really understand what you're there and doing no yeah i think um we've got to focus on bringing on the younger people um, into the industry be it trades people or uh, architects engineers um i know Jaden, you were talking about the um going directly to local schools and bringing in you know 10 people yeah. at a time into the workshop environment um, I think if more people in the industry did that, that would have a massive impact on our workforce, and that's that's something Jensen Steel should look at doing. Mm. You know, and bringing through good numbers of guys. You know, ten guys at a time is a good percentage of your, of your workforce, and that's a real commitment, and that's that's testament to a commitment to that. Um, so I think if more people did that, more more um, more fabricators did that, you'd you'd see a real change. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, um, it'll be interesting to sort of watch over the next 12, 18, 24 months to see how organizations continue to respond and whether they can mm. actually um, put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. You know, we're, sort yeah. of, we're getting more and more of an idea of what needs to happen. Yeah. And uh, now the rubber's got to hit the road and actually have that play out in reality. Mm. And you know, there's definitely encouraging signs. Yeah, well, I guess COVID's probably forced a lot of people's hand with that. If the tap's going to be turned off with um, migrant um, labour. And so we're going to have to adapt and adapt quite quickly and, and bring through those those young local people. And Yeah, we were just talking today about, you know, labour pressures um, and workforce supply in the market there. So before COVID, you know, the pressure relief valve was, was Im immigrants. Um, great welders, you know, out of the Philippines, um, great fabricators out of South Africa and that's just to name a couple of countries and now those taps have really been turned off um, and the only real place we've got to go is is inwards here and and just finding those young people training them up generating an interest in the industry and identifying who's got the spark and who's who likes what what they do mm. in engineering and then letting them go for it which I suppose in hindsight is where we should have all been focusing the whole time. But yeah, well, it was, it was, it was, it was easier, right? Yeah, it was easier right. just to take the easy option and you can person. get someone straight away. Mm. They land in your lap. Yeah. Um, you have to pay them a full tradesman rate, and that, but that's part of it. But straight away, they're 100% productive. Mm. Whereas um, with your trainees, you, you really do have to invest in them yep. and you won't see a return on that investment for a number of months yeah, or years. Right. So we're going to have to tr change that mindset. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of work to be done. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
All right. Well, I, well let's move on. Um, I guess we'll, we'll we'll throw this one to 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 Jaden um, just to kind of kick, kick us off. But in an industry where experience is obviously quite highly valued, um, you guys spoke. You know, both already spoken about sort of perception of the sort of the old old boys industry. Um, have you ever had to navigate, I guess, a perception of a lack of experience in terms of your your journey today? Does anything come to mind? Yep, um, I, I think that that's just a natural thing that's going to happen in any any industry, isn't it? Um, and I think it will always be there. Um, when you voice an opinion, um, that's always going to be maybe received with a bit more kind of natural trust if it's being delivered by an older grey-haired wise voice um, and if it's coming from someone fresh and young and green um, there's an element of uh, suspicions probably not the right word but just a bit of unsurety about whether that person really does know what they're talking about so I think the key that I've found is um, when when you're a younger person in the room and trying to deliver an opinion is it's the it's the delivery and it's the confidence. And if you are sure about something, deliver it well, clearly, and with confidence, and then that sets you up to to be received uh, well. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, does anything come to mind, um, Ben, when, you, you know, I guess you're thinking about this idea of, obviously, the, the, the overall workforce within the sector is getting younger. Mm. And so if there's this in, ingrained belief that um, trust comes with a, a particular look, mm. um, I guess mm. the industry and some of those organizations has to have to look inward and go, well, we can't really move forward without trust. <laughs> but if there's no one in our workforce that we can kind of look to to anchor that stuff, we've got to start rethinking at, you know, what are we using to, to feel confident and comfortable moving projects forward? I guess, it, it, you know, is there anything else that you'd add to kind of what Jaden said in terms of um, how as a young person you can build trust in those people around you and in, in your decision-making and in your experience? Um, from my experience, I've found honesty is probably the best policy. Um, I didn't do engineering um, at university. I did a um, business degree. Um, I've, I've had experience on the workshop floor and... Um, operating machinery and all those sorts of things. But once I started moving into the project management side of things and you're dealing with clients and um, builders on a day-to-day -day basis, there's stuff coming at me that uh, I didn't have an idea about, to be honest. But I think the main thing was is that you're open about that and you ask questions. And if you're unsure and you you know, someone's trying to tell you the answer. You've just got to you've got to listen to them, and if you're receptive to that, and you're wanting to um, act out on what the person's telling you, um, people are more than happy to share their knowledge and experience with you. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. We've we've probably, I guess, um, possibly already covered it. You know, in terms of navigating your perceived lack of experience, but you know, you're both young leaders. You've both been instrumental in catalyzing um, change. You know, not only in your own organisations, but um, it, you know, in your respective roles on um, here as board as well. Um, and I guess you know, we've sort of touched on it. But is there anything that stands out in addition as um, must do's when you're trying to catalyze change in those sorts of environments when you're trying to take people on that journey and make change happen 
yeah. yeah. I've I've found that you really just 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 get started. Just 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 start with something. Yeah. Um, if you think about it too long or try and make too much of a plan, you know, and structure change, um, that's not really how it works. Um, it's it's sort of like a game plan, you know. With any particular type of sports, things change after the first, yeah, you know, round. Still goes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's just get started, um, bring some energy and positivity to it, um, and just roll the punches from there and, and react as best as you can on the way through. But you do have to sort of have that end goal in mind of where you're trying to go, um, and then that helps you stay on track. But along the way, um, all those turns you take, you do have to be very responsive and reactive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if that's a big thing, eh? If you don't state any obvious, but if you don't start, you're not <laughs> you're yeah. not going to achieve yeah. anything in, in, in action. Um, you can just can faff, you faff around for yeah. too long thinking about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the moment's passed or yeah. you get busy again and you sort of you forget all about it. Um, yeah, I mean, how does that play out in reality? Because like, obviously engineering um, by very nature is, I guess, is an industry that relies quite heavily on certainty. You know, mm. it's about delivering uh, factual certain outcomes. And there's, you know, I guess it, it sounds like it's a little bit of a, a slightly ambiguous approach you take. You get started, kind of know where you're going, but there's this piece in the middle that maybe not necessarily all figured out. Do you find that that sometimes can be a little bit jarring to some of those um, older, wiser heads in the room? Um, I've, I've found in our organisation, most guys are receptive to change. Um, if they can see the benefits from it, you know, and if you can say, well, this is going to make our job easier or, or quicker or more efficient or safer, um, most guys are, are pretty receptive. Um, sure, there's going to be always going to be pushback from everyone that you know they think oh well, this is the way it's been done forever you know this is the way it should be done but i think if you can get that buy-in um i mean everyone wants to do their job well so if you can get that buy-in i think most guys are pretty receptive to it yeah yeah and i think there's sort of two types of change there's there's the organic stuff where you're forced into making a change because of some external factor like you know that's that, that you have to react to so you've got no choice you have to do it but then there's the sort of the proactive change where you've got a goal and you want to make yep. an improvement and you sit down and make a plan and um those ones can be harder to implement because you get the naysayers and the ones that are resistant why should we change it's been working well you know if it's not broken don't touch it but mm -hmm. really you're just trying to um get a bit more out of things and um, those ones can t I find can take a bit more energy because you have to convince a few more people along the way. Mm. Mm. Interesting. And yeah. It just takes um, those sorts of things. It just takes that consistent energy, doesn't it, and input mm. to and keep it driving along. And you really do need sort of one change agent. Someone has to own it yeah. and drive it on the way through. If you don't have one person that's passionate about that particular change you're trying to implement, It'll fall by the wayside. Champions yeah. are key, eh? Yeah. Being able to have that, like yeah. you say, that voice that can keep keep the wheels turning and grease them where yep. we're needed. Yep. Um. So I guess uh, a question for both of you, and again, we've possibly already touched on it, but do you think that the metals industry is ready for more voices like yours, more young voices that are, I guess, progressive in the way um, we're seeing the sector? Um, 
And I guess, are we ready for more voices like yourselves to take on leadership roles? Um, and I guess if the answer is yes, what are you, I mean, what are you seeing that's, you know, to support this development? And if, if not, you know, what do you think might help? Um, I, yeah, I think there's definitely room for more voices, you know, young voices and different voices, fresh, fresh ideas. Um, like any industry, you have to keep moving and you have to keep improving. Um, I was talking to someone earlier. I think we need to have a, we need to get some young leaders in the dis design space. I think some young um, ideas from engineers and architects, ideas that they're, they're seeing, not guys at our end like fabricators. We're sort of at the other end of the, the bottom of the bottom of the food chain. <laughs> well, we are a little bit, you know. By the time it gets to us, it's already been designed, and yep. and this is, you know, it's been. Does decided what the final product's going to do. We're just ma manufacturing that final product. We need to get the voices at the start of um, that design process. Yeah. And also developers, um, those sorts of guys, those sorts of leaders. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think it's happening naturally and it will, the pressure um, to hand over to the next generation will, will naturally happen. And it, mm. uh, you know, the baby boomer generation is retiring. <laughs> um, Necessity and is a, a strange thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, uh, often without a void there to fill, uh, it, it can be hard to step up and, um, and grow from the younger perspective. Yeah. So sometimes it's not till the older ones exit out that, you find yourself in an opportunity where you really have a chance to see what you can do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, I mean, what do you think our industry could do um, to, to better ensure future engineers are choosing the sector um, to apply their skills and expertise to, you know, in other words, um, how do we make it more attractive? How do we, you know, Make, make it more about technology, climate change, innovation, you know, flexible work conditions. Those are some of the things that are obviously hot mm. topics. Does anything kind of stand out in terms of, yeah, making the sector more attractive to, to that younger workforce? Yeah, so one, one thing we implemented on the back of COVID, um, so after the lockdowns, we had quite a bit of dis disruption to our working hours and with a workforce of, 120 or so we ended up splitting shifts to day and nights and then once we did get back down into level two we um came from our, our general manager andre would be wanting to implement it for a long time right let's try the four-day week yeah now we know of one other um metals fabricator in the hawks bay that have been doing this for a long time and that stuck with it and it worked for them so there was lots of reasons why we thought it wouldn't work but We've tried it and, and, and it works. It works for us. Um, and so many of our workshop staff just love to have that, that, that three-day weekend. And sure, there's peak periods where we find ourselves working on the Friday and guys are doing overtime then and occasionally, you know, on some projects is the weekend work. But if, if you can stick to that, that core four days, um, that lifestyle change can be really important to a lot of the younger generations. They might not want to travel and do things in their own time on the weekend. I might come work for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> sounds pretty good. It's doable, you know. We yeah. thought we we're a manufacturer, you know, we yeah. work 24 7, you know. But um, it's interesting. We, we, we're just ticking over the first financial year to yeah. see what impacts it's had financially. And it's really cool. So far, so good. 
So I was going to say, so it's it's interesting to hear that, you know, so far it's shaken out from a financial perspective. Exactly. And, and it's, it's possibly a bit too early to say, but we're actually thinking that it's um, improved the bottom line because we were so inefficient with our weekend work Mm. and our overtime rates we were paying. Um, lack of supervision on the weekend from guys that weren't there, so guys work slower and, you know, um, and you're just a bit more intensive about those four days when everyone's there and on board and fully engaged, going hard. So that's one aspect which I think we found to work and I encourage others to have a go yeah, at that, just, that, just trying it, right? You can always go back. And manufacturing yeah. or, yeah, yep. that's really cool. Yeah. Now, what hours do you work? So we work um, an early start, 6 till 5, yeah. 6 a.m. till 5 p.m. Yeah. And then the guys come in and work 6 till 9 a.m. on a Friday. Then they've got their base like 44 hours. And then the, the workshop's open, pretty much open book whatever time you want to work to on the Friday, mm. um, you can for the overtime, for the guys that are trying to save up for deposits on a house or the new mag wheels or whatever, right? <laughs> so you, you get a lot of guys that do just end up staying every Friday till noon or 3 or 5 p.m. But on a nice sunny day in summer, you're going to the workshop <laughs> at 9.15. Everyone's dead. <laughs> no one's there. Yeah. Leader, that's good. skater. Yeah. We have found that hasn't worked that well for the office staff and the project managers and those guys. They're interfacing with the clients. There's a industry expectation, expectation that you're there and available yeah. five days a week. So we haven't applied it to our to our office staff at this stage. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you think that there's a resolution to that, or it will just be a case of it won't, it doesn't work? Yeah. So far, we're just we're just going to roll with the workshop model for now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. How about you, Ben? Is there anything that kind of stands out as um, ways in which the the industry could work to make itself a bit more attractive to to the younger workforce? Um, it's a tough question. I, I'd say it's probably just getting ourselves out there more. Um, structural steel, you know, the game that, that we're in, it's like I, I've told my friends and that growing up, oh, what, you know, what does your family business do? And you explain to them and they're like, Oh yeah, and this a blank face come comes across <laughs> blank look comes across their face. You know, a lot of people probably don't know what the metals industry does or the steel industry does. They and I guess a lot of that's because steel's behind walls, and you know, it might be holding up buildings or holding up bridges that people drive across every single day, but they, they don't actually see it as a you know, a career path or a career opportunity. That strong, so silent type. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think it'd be just, yeah, making ourselves more known to, um, and that's across the board, that's um, designers, architects, um, trades people, um, you know, QSs, project managers, that's across the board that, you know, there there is this career path in um, construction and engineering that isn't, civil or yeah mm. i think the um the social media aspect you know that appeals yeah. to that the younger generation uses important and i think troy and the hero team have actually done a really good job in the last you know few years um and modernizing communication um and as kiwis we all know we we're typically pretty poor at promoting ourselves and what we do but like for instance you know 
just remembering to like send photos through to Kim to throw on the hero feed on Instagram of of some cool shots of some real complex mm. tricky welds or you know that finished product installed on site with the sun hitting it at the right angle um those are the sort of pictures um that um young kids see and can generate that first spark of interest yeah um and with the metal mines app now um we'll be able to hopefully upload a bit more content um yeah and and start getting getting some images of what we do out there for the public to see yeah speaking that language eh, that makes sense Know, it's the ideas the concepts are, are relatively universal but speaking it to people in such a way that they get it and it kind of it resonates with them interesting all right we're going to get a little bit personal right here because that's what we like to do um question for both of you if you could speak to a younger version of yourself when you're starting on kind of this leadership journey would there be any advice that you'd kind of give now that you're in a position to kind of look back and maybe reflect a little bit on that journey for, yeah, okay. <laughs> Hospital pass. For me, um, the message would be um, be confident in, in yourself and be confident in your skills and your education. You know, we, we get a great education here in New Zealand um, and that voice of self, self-doubt in your head that is sometimes necessary as a handbrake. Um, you have to have to listen to it, but... More often than not, just push through it and ignore it and say what you're thinking. Because even as a young person, um, you have been trained, you do have a set of skills and that older person in the room or the other people may not be thinking quite what you are. Mm. And yeah, just, just get it out there um, and, and back yourself basically. That would be that would be my advice because yeah, I do feel that... Um, we're our, we're our own worst enemies at, at times and we hold ourselves back. Yeah. No one else is trying to hold hold us back, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree with that. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's um, You stole your thunder. Yeah. So, <laughs> well done, Jaden. Um, yeah, no, just follow your gut, you know. Um, like Jaden's saying, usually you're on the right path or pretty close to it and um, if you put your idea across – people will yeah they'll, they'll usually listen to you and they'll they'll be receptive to it and they'll want to quite often people want to hear what you're saying there's no good if you're just sitting there being quiet yeah. you know um they want to know what you're thinking and yeah can work together and, and get that right outcome yeah, yeah and we, we dramatize things in our heads the negative outcome right? right so yeah. even if your view isn't quite correct or isn't well received no one's going to bite your head off no. generally no. you know they'll just deflect and correct you and things will move on yeah. um it won't be the end yeah. of the world but it's it's always that dramatization and those negative thoughts within your head that um act as a handbrake which yeah. can hold us back mm. we've probably already already covered it, covered it but i guess you know a follow-on to that would be um what would be the advice that you'd be giving to that young engineer trying to get into the industry and i guess be a bit more successful in getting their foot in the door and getting themselves established I have a sneaking suspicion that it's probably not too dissimilar to what you've already said, but is there anything else that kind of comes to mind? Um, I would say get involved, get involved with the likes of HERA, um, SCNZ, um, become a member to those organisations, um, medals organisations, and yeah, make yourself known to these guys. Come door knocking to... Mm. Yeah, um, be bold. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
people, you know, we love seeing young people being involved in the industry. If you've got uh, an energy and a passion for the construction industry and the metals industry, people would love to talk to you and 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 employ you if if that's what you're wanting to do. If you're looking for a career in it, so just put yourself out there. Yeah, same as what he said. Um, it's about reliability, attitude, um, confidence, positive energy. If you yeah. can bring all those things to the table, anyone will want to hire you yeah. and they'll teach you the hard skills you need to know to do that particular job. Honestly, it's such a breath of fresh air when you have a young person walk through the door that is keen and eager and wants to do a job. You, you think, oh, well, they're, yeah, they, they are home. out there. There's home. <laughs> yeah. And that's not just for engineers, that's for tradespeople, that's for anyone, you know. Nice. Yeah. All right, so we're going we're gonna to turn to, um, I guess, what HERA is up to. And obviously you're both active HERA board members. Um, a little bit of, little bit of uh, insight from, uh, from the both of you. What projects that we're working on that uh, excite you and, and why? And, is, you know, do you have any thoughts around what that might mean for the future of our in- industry? Yeah, I, I mean, the hot topic at the moment is, is sustainability. So, um, you know, we're, 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 I'm not sure if we are latecomers, but we're just getting started at, at really looking at it. And um, it's sort of like breaking ground, the Greenfield site. Um, but, but like what we were saying before about change, we've just got to dive into it and, and, mm. and start and we'll figure it out along the way and we'll look at what others are doing and other industries are doing and we'll... Uh, yeah like troy's involved with um you know different agencies governmental level get as much assistance from them along the way but they're often a bit slower right so um the market and the public are demanding change quicker than maybe the government can deliver it or formalize it and legalize it so um we have to respond and Mm -hmm. um yeah we've here has got a few good ideas. Yeah, um, I think some research projects. Yeah, in, I think here is probably in a good space because Troy probably saw this coming two or three years ago, so has been positioning here um, for this change. So, yeah, whilst it is sort of it's uh, yeah it's gaining momentum now, and and it, and that's like Jaden's saying that's going to be driven by. Um, the consumer, I think, ultimately, um, and there's a lot of and, um, and government legislation, obviously, yeah. because it's such a public issue. Um, you know, there's the the public relations side of it, trying to educate the general public about um, steel and the facts, and put them in front of them. When you get a lot of um, maybe misinformation delivered from other industries and critics of steel. So that's one avenue of, I guess, what you would call a, a campaign. And then there's other tools like uh, the carbon calculators due to yep. come out shortly, which is as good. And hopefully, a lot of consultants will pick up and use as a you know evidence-based approach to calculating embodied carbon and fabricated steel products. And then the big picture for steel really um, is is the long-term gains you get out of it from what they say, mm. cradle to cradle. Yeah. Um, because if you look at embodied carbon, just to that um, 
start of life phase once it's a fabricated product and service often it doesn't stack up as well as other materials but if you look further down the line that's where the real gain lies yeah the full life yeah. cycle analysis um yeah still well and truly shows its um benefits so yeah that that's probably the biggest one sustainability yeah yeah i'm also keen to see the uptake in the metal mines app um because i think that the way that here is selling it is a one-stop shop um i think and it's a digital platform as well which will appeal to the younger us younger guys i suppose Jaden. Um, yeah that's right and it's sort of uh, uh, it really is just moving along that um kind of industry 4.0 bent yep. where we're becoming more digital and technology orientated um here is doing a bit of work at the moment um you know with its members around um different audits on capabilities you know how technologically advanced are we really um and for some of our smaller members um you sort of you don't know what you don't know right so here as the sort of central agency is able to move around its membership and has surveyed the capability of its full membership and then can go and advise different ones on what they can can do based on what others are doing um so yeah that that's really important in terms of lifting the overall um skill set and fabrication techniques within the industry yeah nice all right. So given that you both somewhat represent, I guess, the new guard in terms of industry thought leadership, what are your hopes and dreams for the next kind of five years? What what are you what are you excited about in terms of what are you thinking the most about in terms of the, the direction in which the sector is heading? Well, one of the big ones for me is I'm conscious of making sure we've got a quality workforce that's able to maintain like new zealand's infrastructure yeah. you know we we don't want to get to a point where you know we've priced ourselves out of the market because our labor's too expensive and we haven't you know uptake with technology to stay competitive so therefore we lose the ability to fabricate and offshore starts fulfilling new zealand's needs in terms of steel supply well eventually further down the track we just become so reliant um, on others um, that we lose the ability to respond when we need to and Christchurch was a good example of that and the uh, you know in one of those big events we want the ability to throw up a bridge really quickly or um, you know throw up some emergency housing really quickly or some some warehousing um, and and having those trades people on the ground that know how to put stuff together and weld it up. That's really what we need to maintain. And so there's this huge challenge over the next 10 years of transferring that knowledge from the older generation, those baby boomers, to the, to the next one. So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Ben and Jamie today. If you'd like to connect more with them, you'll find their details in the show notes. Today's conversation was an inspiring one. Two young men passionate about what they do as well as being passionate about ensuring their industry has a sustainable future. As Kofi Annan once said, young people should be at the forefront of global change and innovation. Empowered, they can be key agents for development and peace. Food for thought till we see you next time. So hit subscribe if you like what you've heard today. Please like, review or share with any metalheads you know. Let's spread the word. 
Kia ora, it is Greg Buckley here as Innovation and Transformation Architect here again. If you've liked what you've heard today, you may also be interested in MetalMind. MetalMind is Hera's exclusive industry-only social media platform for the metalheads out there. If you'd like to connect with those younger people within your businesses or across the sector, get some new blood into your organisation, or conversely, uh, some new training and development opportunities that only are available on MetalMind, you need to get the app on your phone. If you haven't already done so, drop me a line, metalmind at hera.org.nz. That's metalmind at hera.org.nz and we'll get you sorted out with an invitation and onboarded in no time.